welcome to the What to Expect While Fostering and Adopting podcast show. If you're a foster mom on the journey to adoption, already adopted, or somewhere in the middle, trying to figure out how to navigate the foster care system, wanting to grow your family through adoption, trying to balance everything, or stuck in that space of all things unknown, you're in the right place. What if there was a way to fast track your knowledge, prepare you for the good and the hard, and somebody who could answer that long list of questions I know you have? Hi friend, I'm Christy Marie, biblical mindset coach, adoptive mom, and previous foster parent of 77 children. Yep, you heard that right, 77 kiddos. I'm your host, and my goal is to help make your journey a lot easier by sharing my best tools, techniques, and skills that helped me pivot from foster care to adoption, fully surrender, and trust the process. I'm about to bring some calm to the chaos and show you how to navigate through this journey with a whole lot of grace. So go grab your cup of coffee and let's jump in. I think it might have been the only time in my life that I was told it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. If you are a foster parent or looking at becoming a foster parent, an allegation, I'm going to say the same thing to you, is not a matter of if, but when. Now, Are there some foster parents who never have an allegation? Absolutely. Is this common? No. It is extremely common as a foster parent to have an allegation made against you. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What is an allegation? Who can make an allegation? How long does it take? What are some examples of times that I've had allegations against me? What are the results? And then should I hire an attorney And then lastly, we'll talk about finding peace within the process. Is that possible? 100% yes. So an allegation is a time when somebody calls into a child welfare hotline, Department of Human Services hotline, a caseworker's number. It's a report that somebody makes against you as a child's foster parent, and it doesn't need to be true. Absolutely not. Will it be investigated? Most of the time. Now, I'll give you an example. So we had a foster child at one point, and she really struggled with stealing things. So much so that every single time that she would go to school, she would take things of other kids. She would take things from her teacher. She would take things from the classroom. And so after a lot of strategizing and trying to figure out what to do, how to get her to stop stealing, I decided to stop sending her to school in tennis shoes or shoes. Mind you, it was springtime, so the weather was beautiful. And so I sent her to school in flip-flops or sandals. I was shocked when I got a call from the person who was certifying me at the time. And she let us know that we had an allegation of neglect. Sometimes the uh, allegation is abuse and sometimes the allegation is neglect. But she called me and let me know that we had an allegation against us. And so she was going to be putting our home on pause. That's a a very typical thing that happens. They put your home on pause so that no new foster placements can be added to your home. Usually it's 30 days and then they get extensions for longer when needed. So she would be putting her home on pause while this was investigated. I then asked her what, what was the investigation, what was the allegation, and she let me know that... I was being accused of neglect because I had sent my foster daughter to school in flip-flops. Y'all, I wish I could explain to you 
the amount of frustration, overwhelm, anytime that you are accused of anything, whether it's valid or not, it's still a shock to your body. It's still a shock to your mind. It's overwhelming. It brings up all kinds of questions. And I was really upset because I had literally tried everything to try and get this little girl to stop stealing from school. And it was absolutely not neglect. I would have sent my own children to school wearing flip-flops. In fact, if some of you guys have teenagers, they might even wear flip-flops to school in winter because they just want to be in flip-flops. I know in some countries, wearing flip-flops year-round is a completely normal thing. And she enjoyed wearing flip-flops. She really did. That was one of the allegations that was made. It took several weeks to close that out. So there was another situation that happened. Our foster son who had nonverbal autism, he loved to swing in our in our backyard on our swings. And one of the things you might have even done this as a child is when you twist the swing and you're holding you put both of your hands on the on the swing sides and you twist it and then it lets go and it spins you. And he had his arms up on his, almost at his shoulders, just up against his chest so he could hold the rungs next to him and he twisted and he did it so many times. Mind you, he was laughing and having such a fun time because as it would unwind, he loved the spinning that would happen, but he held it there and held it so tightly that he got these tiny little bruises on his, right in front of his shoulders on his chest. And I was the one who called it in. As a foster parent, you are a mandatory reporter. So you need to call in every single injury and document every single thing that happens in your home. So in a previous episode, I talked about how once you become a foster parent, your home is an extension of the state. So your home is now a state institution of foster care. And so every single incident of a child being hurt, whether they did it to themselves or it happened by accident or another child did it, you have to report it. You need to document it. Sometimes you need to call it into the hotline. But at the bare minimum, you need to send an email, and I recommend with pictures if it was a physical incident, uh, send it by email to their caseworker and the person who is in charge of your certification. You want to make sure that it is documented. And then I also called it into the hotline or the number that you need to call to report any incidents. So he had these little tiny bruises on his right below his shoulders on his chest. Of course, once I called it in, then I got the call from my certification person letting me know my home was being put on investigation. The typical thing of, you know, no more placements. I said, I understand. So unfortunately, this, the allegations, the tougher kiddos that you take in, the more common the allegations may become because there's more opportunity, more probability that events will happen with the higher needs kiddos. So of course they investigated it. They went through the whole process and then uh, documented that he had done it himself. But again, this is just part of being a foster parent. 
there's a lot of mandated reporters, teachers, police officers, anybody in the healthcare industry, uh, sometimes people who work in churches. If you are a mandatory reporter, you would have been told that you're a mandatory reporter. So that means any time that you witness something happening or the thought that there might be abuse or neglect of a child, you are to report it to the proper authorities. When you are a foster parent and you have foster children in your home, these are not your children. These children are in the custody of the state. So the state has a very high level of care that they are supposed to provide for these children. So teachers, nurses, police officers, doctors are going to be extra careful and extra diligent with children in foster care. What happens when you have an allegation? Now, like I said, it might be true. It might be not true. There are some incidents where maybe a child in your home bit another child in your home. I've had this happen before, not in our home, but I have experienced it in mentoring other foster parents. And it was actually the foster parent's responsibility to keep the other child from biting one child. So if that happens in your home, could it potentially be a founded allegation because you did not protect the other child from being bitten? Yes. Now is biting, can biting be a common occurrence in everyday regular homes with toddlers? Yes. But again, so you are caring for kids in this care of the state. So there has to be a higher level of care provided for these kiddos. So just something for you to think about. So what will happen when an allegation is called in? Well, child welfare or the caseworker will call you and let you know that there has been an allegation or they might email you to let you know. This is where things get a little bit, I say, like the twilight zone. So all of the people who were supportive and caring and in your corner, i.e. the child's caseworkers, the child's attorneys, the certifier that you've been working with, they all are instructed to take a step back and they can't have any conversations with you. So this support system that you once had is immediately gone and quickly If there are more than one child in your home that are foster placements, those caseworkers will probably come into your home and have a meeting with the other children in your home that are your foster children. It's a very weird feeling to feel like you suddenly just got dropped off a ship in the middle of an island and now you just need to wait it out and then they will make a determination. And you will have, once you get that determination, there's a few options. The options could be founded, that they found you guilty of neglect or abuse of this child. The other option is unfounded, that it is, you were not guilty. And the other option is unable to determine. Those are the three options. Then there is a appeals process. So if you get an unable to determine or a founded and you disagree with it, you do have the right to appeal it, but ultimately you're just appealing it to the state, the same agency that just gave you the decision. That can be a little bit frustrating. That's what is going to happen. That's kind of the process. I've had some people come to me and tell me, you know, I just got a founded and I'm a nurse or I'm a doctor or I'm a police officer and this will stay on my record. 
and I could potentially lose my job. What do I do? Should I hire an attorney? Should I not hire an attorney? Hiring an attorney is completely up to you. What I liked to share with people is that if you hire an attorney, the state is going to is going to pull in their attorneys. The state has a limitless budget. I'm imagining you don't. So I would encourage you that an attorney in the case of an allegation would be the very last option that you would consider because I have seen it not work out well for families. The amount of time that this entire process could take really varies. It could be a very quick investigation. It could be a month. Sometimes I've seen them take months when there's a lot of different people that they need to interview. And based on the severity of the allegation, that also helps to dictate the time. Now, there are some allegations that will be closed at screening. So maybe someone calls and says something completely ridiculous that makes absolutely no sense, but they're still filing an allegation against you. Sometimes this can happen from birth families who are upset that you have their child in your care, and it's very evident that it's not warranted. This could also be from somebody who's just wanting to hurt you. And these are just very rare circumstances though. And so often these will be closed at screening. That's something that your certification department will let you know that happened and that there's nothing that needed to happen or follow up from it. Sometimes when the allegation is closed with unable to determine, there might be additional steps, safety plans that would be put in place to make sure that that doesn't happen again. And then there's other times where I've seen an unable to determine that warranted the children being removed from that foster home. Unfounded as well might be a conversation that your certifier is gonna have with you and talk to you about how to avoid this kind of situation in the future. I would really encourage you to look at allegations as a not if, but when, so that when you do have an allegation called in on you or regarding a child that's in your home, that you can say, okay, I knew this was coming and these are the steps that I'm going to take. I realize that my home will be taken off referral, so I will not be getting any more kiddos until this is concluded. I am not gonna be talking or having conversations with the caseworkers or the certification department. The truth is, is that child welfare in this moment, they need to go back to their base. Like if you imagine this in your mind, you go back to your base, they're gonna go back to their base, you're gonna retreat, investigate, And then if everything is fine, you can come back together and partner again in foster care. So I kind of want you to have that visual of what you can expect. And they are ultimately, child welfare is there and the Department of Human Services is there to protect these children at all costs. So if there's even the slightest bit of a question, they may end up removing the child from your care, or it might be an evaluation point of maybe this child that was placed with you is too high needs, or maybe this child that was placed with you needs to be in a home with no other children, or maybe this child that was placed with you needs a higher level of care. So most kids who come into the system are immediately placed into a typical foster home. But that doesn't mean that they don't need a higher level of care. It just means that that's where they were placed, why they assess that. If a child is needing to be moved from your home, just know that this is a learning opportunity, it's a learning moment, and it's not personal. Now, of course, if there are things that you could have done better or different, 
you know, take that time, take that assessment period and evaluate. I am not certain of the number of allegations that I had while being a foster parent, but I know it was at least one to two per year. That might not sound like a lot, but every time it was traumatizing. And I say traumatizing because being accused of anything is traumatic, whether you did it or not. As far as a founded or unable to determine, those things I do want to mention can affect you long term. So if you have a founded or an unable to determine, as I mentioned before, you will have the opportunity to ask for an appeal, go to a committee possibly, it might be different um, based on which state you're in. And that might be a moment that you contact an attorney and you have a consultation if you so choose. But these can, if you are in the healthcare industry, if you are in law enforcement, these are potentially things that could be career ending. And I say that because anytime you have a founded or unable to determine for a foster child, that is under child abuse or child neglect. So that needs to be shared because it will go on your record. Now, is this a police record? No. It's not a police record, but in the healthcare industry and the police department and a few other careers, you do have to say that you have not ever been accused of child abuse or neglect. So that is a question that comes up, probably teachers too. It might depend on which country you're in or which state you're in, how that would affect you. This is something that while it will happen if you are a foster parent, I want you to be prepared and have your eyes wide open that this is something you can do your best to prevent, but you can't control others. And people calling in allegations, whether they're a legitimate allegation or a non-legitimate allegation, it's going to happen because as a foster parent, you are under the microscope of others around you. Something to pray about, something to think about, and really decide if this is something with your current career field that you could weather the storm. And if it's not, there might be other options for you to consider. And there's definitely other options and ways to support the foster children and foster community, even if foster parenting is not a good fit for you. But knowing then having a plan for if an allegation does happen, when it happens, who will be my outside of child welfare support system? Who will I call? And in previous episodes, I've talked about having a private therapist that you work with or counselor. This would be an amazing person to have in your support system for when allegations happen so that you could get in with them, process your emotions, and really work on letting it go and finding healthy alternatives to deal with the increased anxiety that comes with allegations. Hey friend, I hope that you loved today's episode. I pray it blessed you and helped you see that you have a friend in your corner who truly understands what you're walking through. If so, would you share this episode with someone who's been praying for a breakthrough in their own journey? It would also bless me big time and help others to find this podcast if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also submit your questions, topics that you would like covered and find a community of like-minded mamas in my private Facebook group by searching what to expect while fostering and adopting on Facebook. See you next time.